Amen. Amen. Thank you, Caitlin, for singing that beautiful song about the goodness of God. Amen. And as your husband, great job. <laughs> you know how it is. As a couple, you support each other. As a family in Christ, we, we do everything for our God's glory. Amen. But we need to support each other in the ministry. No matter what your ministry is, we need to support each other, encourage each other. Um, because when we do that, we have success in the Lord. And he's glorified. So good morning to everybody that's here in person and those who are online. I saw something on TV a couple weeks ago. An NFL football coach, a newly hired one, was visiting his new team's facility. So they had a video camera and they were following him around. And they asked the coach, they said, you know, your star player is in the workout room working out. You want to go meet your star player? You haven't met him before. And the coach is like, I want to go see him. I want to see him. He's like, all oh, pumped up. So the video camera follows him down the hallway towards the gym. And at the same time, the star player comes out. And the next thing they do is they do this man hug thing. Do people know what the man hug is? It's when two men at the same time put their hands out like this. And you have to do it in sync or it doesn't work out. And, and they grab each other with their hands and they embrace. It's either a, a pat or a slight embrace. You don't embrace too long because it becomes uncomfortable. But you do enough just to show the love. And that's what they did. And the coach was talking to the star player, and he was just so excited to be around him and so excited to get ready to work with him. And then after their conversation, he had a press conference. And at the press conference, the press were asking the coach, what about your star player? What do you think about him? You're going to have to work together. He's had some problems in the past, but what do you think about his talent? And all the coach did was brag about his star player. He, go, he was so excited to be in his presence. He talked about his talent. He spent the whole conference bragging about his player, looking forward to the relationship they were going to have. And I was watching that press conference. I sat there and I said, you know, if people interviewed me, would I brag about the Lord that way? Would that be that excited to be in his presence? See, we get the opportunity to brag about the Lord all the time. You hear it in Breaking the Bread. The men who shared today bragged about how good God was, how great he is. We get the opportunity to brag about the Lord when we raise our hand in a prayer meeting or a woman's study and say, God, answer this prayer for me. It was hard. It was a long one, but God answered it. Amen. We get the opportunity on Sunday mornings, the men that God allows to come up here, we get the opportunity to brag about him. Brag about his goodness, Kate. Brag about his greatness all that he's done in our lives, and all that he will continue to do so until he brings us home. May we have excitement. May we brag about our Lord. I want to read a portion of Scripture, and then we're going to pray for God's guidance in today's message. Psalms 103. Alan shared a portion of it today. But I'm going to read Psalms 103, verses 1 through 4. It's a psalm that expresses thankfulness and gratitude. You can't help to be thankful when you read it. Alan, your thankfulness today on your tears touched me, brother. But you get thankful when you read this chapter. First four verses, it says, starting in verse 1, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. who forgives all your sins 
and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Amen. Let's pray and ask God's guidance for the rest of this message. Lord Jesus, we gather in your name. Every time we gather at a church meeting or a Sunday, Lord, it's because of you. We're humbled, Lord. We're grateful. We're thankful people, Lord. What you've done in our lives, Lord. You saved us, Lord. We cried out for you for salvation, and you saved us. And you've given us a good life in you, Lord. You've given us a hope. You've done many miracles in this church, in our lives as assembly and as individuals. You've done so much, and we're grateful for it, Lord. And Lord, as we continue with what you have put on my heart today, I ask for your help. Lord, we're just empty vessels. We don't come here bragging about ourselves. It would be boring if we did. We don't come here and talk about our money or our degrees or what we've done. No, Lord. We come up here as empty vessels and asking that you would guide us by your Holy Spirit so that your name is glorified in everything that's said. So we ask for your blessings on today's message, Lord. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. I've always been a person that's been interested in people getting interviewed. I may not agree with everybody, but I'm always interested in what a politician has to say or someone famous. I like to see what makes people tick or what made them who they were today or, or what, who guided them in their lives. And I was watching something about five years ago. I was watching two athletes get interviewed at different times. The first athlete that was interviewed came across as really arrogant and cocky and conceited. It was really about me, myself, and I, what I have done. The questions all were about him. All the responses were what he has accomplished. I remember watching, I was like, you know, I'm kind of off, it's kind of off-putting. Not really refreshing watching this athlete get interviewed. And then a couple of days later, I happened to see another interview of another athlete. And this athlete was totally opposite. He was humble. He was grateful. He acknowledged all those who made an impact in his life. He didn't forget where he came from. Despite his fame, his successes, his money, he was not forgetful. Two examples, two extremes. But I remember I watched those interviews and I thought to myself, do I live myself about, about me, myself, and I? Or do I live my Christian life not forgetting what the Lord has done for me? The title of my message today is Living, Not Forgetting. Living, Not Forgetting. So throughout today's message, I'll probably ask a few questions because these are questions I've asked myself to think about, to ponder that. What type of Christian life do you live, Rick? Me, myself, and I? You may be saved, but you could still be me, myself, and I. Are you saved and living, not forgetting what the Lord has done in your life? So I got some bullet points for you. A life living not forgetting is a life that is thankful, grateful for the Lord for our salvation, his healing from our past, his daily provisions, and our eternal destination. It is a life that we show the Lord that we are thankful, whether in word or deed. It is a life that praises him and serves him despite if we are on the valleys or on top of a mountain. It is a life that daily reflects how great our Lord is. It's not going through the motions. It's a life that puts things in perspective on what matters most, not the petty things that have no eternal value, 
that only cause problems. If we can show Luke chapter 17 is my next scripture to read today. Talk a little about salvation. And I really love the New Testament, the Gospels, and we all love when Jesus meets people. We all love when he meets people at their lowest and he shows his compassion and love. And he, and he forgives them, he heals them, and he restores them up. Because we can really relate to that. May we never forget that we can relate to that. So Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Jesus heals ten men with leprosy. Starting at verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem... Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Think about it for a second. Because of their disease condition, they couldn't get close to the Lord. They couldn't walk up to him like I could walk up to Adel now. They had to stay away at a distance. And that's why they had to cry. You, you can feel their desperation when you read that story. They were hopeless, but they cried out to Jesus. Verse 14. And he saw him. Jesus saw him. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when they saw that he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He's bragging about the Lord, wasn't he? He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. We were like that Samaritan, a foreigner. So I've asked a question, another, a question, this question. Do you live your life like a Samaritan or do you live your life like the other nine? We know in this situation, one came back and he was thankful he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Humility, gratefulness. But sometimes we can live our Christian life that way. I pray God, to God that we live a thankful life, not an ungrateful one. That we daily thank the Lord for our salvation. The day you got saved will always be the best day of your life. Adel shared a little bit about that last week. Because without it, heaven is not a possibility. Alan mentioned it and he shared today, hell is where you were headed. It's a fact, according to the word of God. The Bible is clear before someone saved whose hands you're in. It's the dominion of darkness. It's in Satan's hands. But if you are a Christian today, each of you are a miracle. We're in the Lord's hands. We need to protect our testament. We need to cherish our salvation it's always important to reflect on your salvation. Last week, our pastor, Adel, gave a beautiful message about salvation. Why we preach the gospel, right, Adel? Now, I was thinking about your message all week long, Adel. And I wanted to talk about salvation today, too. And then I thought what people say that are not Christians, and I hear this all the time in my life, and you've heard it the same. You Christians, all you do is preach the gospel. All you preach is the cross. Jesus dying for your sins. You need to get saved over and over and over again. And yes, as Christians, when we preach the gospel, we have to do it in a loving, compassionate way because we, too, were once lost. 
But if you are, a Christ, you are not a Christian today, whether you're listening online or in person, there's a reason why we constantly preach it. Because it's the most important decision you will ever make in your life. The most important. We make a lot of decisions. We know we do. Constantly, every day. Thousands and thousands. I think our brother Aju shared on a, the Wednesday before last, you talk about all the decisions people make during the day. It's true. But they're temporary. But the decision to be saved is, is internal. It determines where you spend eternity. Please take it seriously. Please do not take it lightly. So I'm thankful for God for healing us from our sins, our past lives. He heals from the past, doesn't he? He restores. He heals the brokenhearted. I want to talk a little a bit today about healing from our past lives. Now, the forgiveness of sin is automatic. We know that. When a person asks Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior, Jesus gives you his Holy Spirit and lives within you. You are his child and your eternity is set and nothing can take that away. But in life, we need healing from the past. We do. I know in this room, I don't know everyone's life. But I know through this room, a lot have gone through difficult, painful times before Christ and after Christ. Things that we would never take lightly. Certainly not this speaker. And certainly, more importantly, the Lord doesn't take lightly. And we may not relate to each other's situation, but we know what pain is. We know the feeling of hopelessness, despair, not knowing what's your next step. There was times in my life I didn't know where I was going to live. Where was my next step? It's true. And we have scars. But here's the beauty is the Lord heals. Doesn't he heal from the past? Now, when it comes to healing to the past, the Lord just doesn't snap his fingers and you're skipping through the lily fields and everything's happy. Healing takes time. It takes time spent with him. It takes time spent in his word. It takes time spent with godly people. It takes time in prayer. The world needs healing, doesn't it? But the first step is salvation. And if someone needs healing in their past life, I would say the first thing is you need to get saved and ask God to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins. And God gives you a promise, his Holy Spirit, and as the Holy Spirit lives in you, he will start, start slowly the healing process. And I know across this room, many of us are healed from our past. We wouldn't be here today. How God, how God takes somebody and raises them up from the ashes and gives them a good life in him. He gives you a godly family. He gives you godly friends. He provides financially where maybe you didn't have money in the past. Things that bothered you in the past, it doesn't bother you as much anymore. You walk your life with the Lord. You walk strong with him. You serve him. Don't forget if God has healed you from your past. Don't ever forget it. You have a beautiful story. We need not ever to forget about it. Let us remember that if you need to be healed, it takes time. Remember what God has done in your past. And if you need to be healed in the future, he will faithfully do it again because God is faithful. Amen? Amen. Daily provisions is my second point I want to talk about today. His blessings and answers to prayer. 
So I have another question for you. Do we have the case of what you have done for me lately in our relationship with the Lord? Forgetting his past blessings? Forgetting his victories? Forgetting his answers to prayer? We know the Israelites in their journey across the wilderness to the promised land, how many times they were disobedient. God delivered them from the bondage of the Egyptians, just like he delivers from the bondage of Satan. So I want to read two scriptures today. Both of these episodes occurred after a great breach by the Israelites. I want to read a portion in Exodus chapter 32, and then a portion in Numbers 14. Exodus chapter 32 is about the golden calf. And Numbers 14 is the story of the spies where the Lord told them to go explore the promised land. And 10 of the 12 came back to the people with unbelief because they thought the people that lived in the land were too powerful. So they spread a bad report among the people. So let's read these two portions of Scripture and, rem and reminds us how forgetful the Israelites were. Exodus chapter 32, 1 through 4. When the people saw that Moses was so long and coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. We know Moses was with the Lord in Mount Sinai. Sinai. The people weren't patient. Verse 2, Aaron answered them, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they had handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. Talk about a false statement. Let's read Numbers chapter 14, 1 through 4, another four verses. Again, this is after the ten spies spread a bad report among the people Thank God for the two loyal ones. We know Caleb and Joshua were loyal. But ten, ten had unbelief. Starting in verse 1. That night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder? Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. It's mind-boggling to read these portions of Scripture to see their unbelief. All that God has done for them. But we can get that same way. God doesn't answer a prayer fast enough. We have to wait longer than we want to. We can have the case of what have you done for me lately, Lord? And the Israelites had this case in the desert. We read these examples. They forgot. I'm a list person. I, I think that way. I have to write lists when I organize stuff. Caitlin knows that. I always ask her when we go on vacation. I say, where's your list? And she goes, it's in my phone. And then when you look in her phone, there's no list there, or, or she forgets stuff. You've got to have a list, Kate. you got to have a list. Anyway, that's how my mind thinks. But I think about this for a second. We should have a list of all of our answers to prayers. We have the prayer list that Gilbert and Jean put together and, and hand out on the study nights. 
or Bible study and prayer meeting. But we should have our lists written down somewhere. In your Bible, underneath your bed, on your refrigerator. So when you're in a situation where you have the cases, I forgot, I'm forgetting, Lord, you can go to that and pull it out and read it. It's a great reminder of how God has helped you through your blessings and blessed you and has helped you. Let's not forget and pray that we're not forgetful of his daily provisions in our lives. The fact that we're all here, we have clothing, we have shelter, we have food. God provides financially. Provide a church for us to worship. He has provided for us as an assembly, as a body. He's provided in your own lives. Let's not forget it. Amen? The Israelites, i got to talk about them a little bit more, and how much they complain and want to go back. I thought to myself, when you live a life not forgetting, you think that way. So hypothetically, say the Lord said, okay, my hands are off, you can go back to Egypt. Go. You think the Egyptians would have welcomed them with open arms? Would it have been a red carpet? Come dine with us, come stay in my mansion? No, they would have despised them even more. The hatred for them must have been tenfold. They would have blamed him for the plagues and all the loss. They would have blamed him for the Passover, the death of the firstborn sons of the Egyptians. Oh, the Egyptians wouldn't have forgotten. I imagine they would have taken Moses and some of the other leaders and made examples of them. They probably would have executed them. Only God knows what they would have done to the other men, women, or children. Their bondage would have been ten times worse. If we live our lives that way, things will be worse if we go back. Or you make decisions. Like, you know what? I'd rather go that path. Say the Lord had two paths. And path A was God's will, and path B was not. If you take path A, God's at the door, opening the door for you, walking with you, holding your hand. No matter where that path goes, whether it's a trial, a testing, or a blessings, or a vacation, Go path A. God's with you the whole way. You have confidence, you have faith, you have security in him. If you go path B, who do you think's at the front door opening it for you? I heard the word Satan. Right? He's there opening it. I'll use my name as an example, Rick. Don't go God's way. Go path B. Go down this thought path. Go down this decision making. Come, it's okay. You'll be okay, Rick. You know better than God. I doesn't care about you. That's what he does. When you don't go God's path, and you go another path, Satan's at the front door. It's true, brothers and sisters. We need not take that lightly. And sometimes people say as Christians, they say, oh, you Christians, again, you know, you preach the gospel all the time, and then you use these scare tactics. You know, if I go outside God's will, he's going to strike me with an asteroid. <laughs> I was talking to someone in my life who's, not a Christ who's a Christian, but doesn't go to church, and we're talking about God's will or not, and, and I told him, I said, you can't go this path, it's not God's will for you. And the first thing that came out of their mouths was, what's an asteroid going to strike me? Being sarcastic. But I was stating the facts. This is what the Bible teaches. Think about it. You, you drive down the road, and you see the miles per hour limit signs. You see the flashing lights that tell you to slow down. And I'm not judging here if you drive fast. I'm not looking at my family because sometimes they think I do. It's just like, cover my face. But, uh, but think about it for a second. If you constantly go over the speed limit, one day you may get a ticket. 
And some of us probably have. I got a speeding ticket before I was married, Caitlin. Before I was married, Caitlin. But I remember I was driving fast. I got a ticket. If you constantly drive fast, sooner or later you're going to get a ticket. That's life. That's the facts of this world today. It's even more important when it comes to God's word. We warn because we care, but God's word is true. Don't live your life forgetting, go down past God doesn't want you to go. You'll pay the price. You'll pay the punishment. There'll be sorrow, sadness, and regret. And the Lord wants you to avoid all this because he loves you. So don't live your life forgetting how God wants you to go like the Israelites did. Remember, he will always provide for us. Do not forget. And I thank God. Amen for that. My last bullet point, our internal destination. Heaven. You can't talk about hell in a message without mentioning heaven. We always hear about heaven. It's constantly on our minds. I think last Sunday, Dave and I were talking about it outside. Where's Dave? We were talking about heaven outside. But sometimes we don't reflect on it enough. If I was taking a trip to Hawaii, which I hope to go back one day, I'm thinking about it a lot. Kaylee, you know I love the beach and the ocean. And I'm preparing myself to make sure I'm ready. I, I'm dieting so I can go there and pig out. Maybe I'm doing a couple of push-ups so I can you know, not embarrass my family. But, uh, but you're doing everything you can to be prepared for the trip. You're buying clothes. You're excited. You make sure your plane ticket's ready. All your bills are paid so you can go and have a great time in Hawaii. You should be prepared like that, like heaven's tomorrow. My Suzu was joking around with me outside. He, he saw me walking around before the message, and he goes, I, I bet you're hoping the rapture happens right now. <laughs> it didn't happen, Mike. Your prayers didn't work. <laughs> but one day it will happen. Where will you be? I don't know where we will be. Hopefully we're worshiping together. But it's our final destination. And if you are a Christian... Hell is not. But if you are not a Christian, the word of God says that's where you're headed. We say it with compassion and love today. Because we want everybody who comes in this room, hears these words, listens online, to be saved. Let's read John chapter 14, 1 through 4. I love this portion of scripture, how Jesus comforts his disciples. John chapter 14, starting in verse 1, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. We know John chapter 14, Jesus is comforting his disciples. He is predicting his predator, Judas. He's telling Peter, you're going to deny him. He's telling the disciples he's going away, and the, heart, the disciples' hearts were troubled, and the Lord knew it. And he provided some comforting words. That's what God wants to always do, provide comforting words. I think about if you go to a wedding or a big party, and you walk in, say that you're part of the wedding party or a part of the, uh, it's a big wedding or a party where they have to have, put your names on tables. And you walk in, and you see your name at the table. Well, that's where I'm sitting. You know, God has a name, your name at the table too. 
the marriage supper of the Lamb. He has a name where he wants you to live. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know who I'm going to be living by or where or who I'm going to sit by the supper of the Lamb, but I pause and say, you know, Lord, I have a place at your table. Something to always be grateful and think about. I was reading about the seven wonders of the world. They are the most spectacular man-made structures of the ancient world. I'm not going to read about them because they're wonderful in the world's eyes, but not compared to heaven. Heaven has wonders. So I was reading about the seven wonders of the world, and I couldn't help but just get off that topic and think about how wonderful heaven is. We don't deserve to go there. But God wants us to set our minds that we are going. A couple bullet points about heaven that makes it wonderful. One is you don't deserve it, don't forget it. Two, one day the Lord prepares a place. We read it in John chapter 14. It's a promise, his promises are fulfilled. I think that's comforting. Next one, we will see him in his presence and in his glory. We read glimpses of it in Revelations. That's going to be incredible. To hear his voice, to see him with her eyes, to bow down and grab his leg or his arm and say, Lord, thank you for saving me. And here's the beauty about it. I think all of us are going to feel very, very special on that day. All of us. You think Billy Graham or the disciples are a martyr and they all deserve they all deserve to be in the Lord's presence, I think, because of their ministries and service. But we all will get in a time to spend with the Lord. I think that's awesome. A reunion of those who have gone before us. I will one day play basketball again with Jim Hyde. I will one day talk about football with Don Levi. I remember Don Levi. Don Levi and I used to always talk about Raider football. He's probably so mad they moved to Vegas. I will one day talk to Sally Randall. I'm hoping she's proud of the life we live, Emily. I will one day see my family that has gone before him. That's exciting. More wonders of heaven. New bodies and mind. Many brothers and sisters here suffer with illness or aches and pains. We think about our dear sister Jessica. She's suffering. Every day, those who know her and pray that we get good news, better news, as the day goes by. I'm, I know Jessica would love that bullet point, new bodies in mind with all she's gone through. But she's a dear servant. Thank God for her. No more of this world. Oh, that's a big one. You can, you can spend a message on each of these bullet points, can you? And the last one is rewards. Dean, a couple messages ago, you mentioned rewards in your message. I sat there and go, wow, God's going to give me something? Of course, we're going to just lay it at his feet. But it is a blessing to think about that. Don't leave your life forgetting about heaven. The eternity that we have to look forward to. Amen. Amen. As we end our time together, I want to bring home this message with a couple of thoughts for encouragement. So I got three I want to share. And then we'll end in prayer. We all know life is very busy. So much to do and take care of. You know, you have a home, something breaks, you fix it, and then you go downstairs and something else is broken. 
You open your wallet, you pay for something, and then your wife tells you, oh, that needs to be replaced. You have a work project, and you finish it at work, and then your boss says, hey, you got three more coming across your plate. You go to the doctors, and you get acid reflux, and you take some pills, you, get, you feel better, you go home, and then all of a sudden you have to go back to the doctors for something else. That's life. Much to take care of. Homeschooling moms, God bless you. You school, you feed, you clean, you lecture, you encourage, you love. Lot to do. And I think about this life, I think about how the enemy comes to try to rob our joy. He comes at us with all his force of discouragement to drag us down. He wants us to live a life forgetting. He doesn't want us to reflect how great the Lord is. He wants to get you off track. He's done it in my life. We all know what I'm talking about. We know it's a spiritual battle. And he comes at you strong. You want to be used by God, get ready. He's going to come at you. He's going to come at you. But let me tell you something, brothers and sisters in Christ. When he comes at you and whispers in your ear that you have sinned, brings back your past life, because he will, tells you about your past pain, tells you about your faults, your character flaws. Let me tell you something today. You don't have a conversation with him. You do not debate him or even agree with him. You point to the cross, the empty tomb. Stop what you're doing and bow your heart at the feet of the Lord. Thank him for his free gift of salvation. Thank him for healing you from your past. And if you're going through something now or need to be healed, thank him that he will heal you again. And he's healing you now. Second point. When the enemy comes at you and whispers, the Lord is not answering your prayers. He doesn't care about you. Wow, this trial is lasting too long, Rick Punzo. Why is the Lord not healing you? Or getting you out of the situation, whatever it may be. Let me tell you again, do not have a conversation with him. Do not debate him, because he wants to debate, too, or even agree with him. He wants you to agree with him. No, you bow your heart at the feet of the Lord and thank him for his daily provisions. All his answers to prayers, go to your refrigerator list, go to your Bible list, whatever you have, go to that and read it. And tell the Lord, you know, Lord, you'll get me whatever I'm going through. And you'll continue to take care of me, provide for me, my family, and my church. Amen. Third and last bullet point. When the enemy comes at you, here he comes again, and tries to weigh you down with earthly things, get you focused on things that have no eternal value, and tells you how hard is your life. Because he will. Again, brothers and sisters, do not have a conversation with him. Do not debate him or even agree with him. Again, you just bow your heart to the Lord and look up to heaven and thinking that each day closer is one day closer to heaven. And that is where you're going. And he can't stop it. There's nothing he can do to stop it. Eternity is where we are going, and it's going to be in the Lord's presence. We know what our enemy does, but we know what we need to do to fight him. 
So let us live a life not forgetting. Let us pray that we're that type of Christian, my brothers and sisters in Christ. Let us encourage each other to live those type of life. Our time is closed. Let us end in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our time together, Lord. You're such a great God. You're so good to us, Lord. Your goodness and greatness is evident all around our lives, Lord. In our salvation, in your healing power that restores broken hearts, allows people to live a life with you. We see it in your daily provisions, Lord. You provide you take care of us. Let us be content what you give us, Lord. And you remind us of heaven. You remind us of where we're going, Lord. Where we were headed is hell, but heaven is where we will go. Lord, help us to be brothers and sisters, men and women in Christ, Amen. the young ones in our assembly, to all live a life not forgetting, Lord. And Lord, as we end this message, Lord, we ask for your blessings, your encouragement as we walk out these doors. Protect us on the road as we go back and forth. It's raining outside. We know sometimes the ground's wet. So protect us, Lord. We pray again and continue to pray for Jessica that we continue to hear good news for our dear sister and comfort the family as they're going through something right now. And just watch over us throughout the days, Lord, until we meet again. In your most precious name we pray. Amen.